Welcome, everyone, to Strictly Anime, a podcast for anime reviews and discussions. My name is Courtney. And I am Carl. This is episode 179, and we're Strictly Chatting. There will be spoilers throughout this episode. What? What is Strictly Chatting? Great question. So, yeah, I'm sure everyone else is wondering what the hell is Strictly Chatting. It's a new type of episode format that we wanted to try out. And we're really excited about it. We've been talking about this idea for a while, wanting to do a general random type of chat about the anime industry, about anime itself, about Japan, maybe even some other things not directly related to anime because there's so much that's on our minds. There's so much we want to talk about. And during review episodes, we're, of course, limited to um, the the topic at hand, the, the, the anime at hand. And then same with discussion episodes. We sometimes share uh, some updates or some random topics at the beginning as we chit chat, but we have to kind of narrow it down to the discussion for that day. Um, but there are other things, other smaller things that just don't warrant an entire episode for it, but could be part of an episode like this where we just have a, a, a chat. We just talk off the cuff, um, whatever comes to mind about certain topics. For example, um, again, we can't review every single anime that comes out, but there's a lot to be said about a lot of really great shows that we're watching. So this can be an opportunity for that. Um, we do dive into our full reviews of every single episode, every season in our end of season reviews that are exclusive for our patrons. But this could be a great way to touch on a couple of shows that are catching our attention. And then, of course, there's my journey to watch Naruto. And a lot of our listeners, especially on our Discord, have um, they've been really excited about it. They've been requesting updates about it. So this is a great opportunity to do that. I'm going to have a Naruto update every single Strictly Chatting episode um, that we do. And I'll save it for the end of the episode where I'll share my thoughts, um, share what you know, how far I've gotten, what arc I'm on, um, and what I'm looking forward to next. With that said, this will be a recurring series, so you will see Strictly Chatting episodes throughout the year, um, and if this is a a fun type of episode for you guys, let us know, and we'll keep bringing it back every single year. But yeah, we want to at least do a couple of them throughout this year and see how it goes, so let us know your thoughts after you're done listening to us chat about random shit. However, before we get into all of that and start chatting about whatever we want to to talk about. I, we actually don't know what the other person has um, to talk about today. But uh, before we do all of that, we have a couple of important things we want to share. And first off, we want to welcome our newest patron, Cameron H. Hey. Welcome, Cameron. Yes. Welcome to the Patreon family, Cameron. And thank you so much for your support. You've certainly got us chitty chatty about how much our Patreon family is growing. That's the only way I could incorporate the theme of this episode. Yeah, and Cameron sent us a really nice um, note as soon as they joined um, and shared some really kind words and um, and moments of appreciation. So we really appreciate that, Cameron. That that uh, that was great to read through. And um, yeah, we, we, we thank you so much for your support and hope you enjoy being a patron. And if any of you guys would like to support the show as well and get access to things like our bonus episodes, our pre-show, even see our show schedules ahead of time, then head over to patreon.com slash the strictly series. But if Patreon's not your thing, or if you prefer 
non-monetary ways to support us, um, really any support, we very much appreciate. There's a ton of ways that you can support Strictly Anime and the Strictly series of podcasts. Um, the best way is through word of mouth. That's how most podcasts grow is through word of mouth, through friends and family recommending the podcast to you know their, their groups, their networks. So if you know any weebs who love hearing discussions about anime um, or about anime topics, let them know about Strictly Anime. You can also support us by going to whatever platform you normally listen to our podcasts on, whether that's Spotify, Apple, what have you, and leave us a rating. That always helps us out um, and helps get us a bit more exposure. You can also follow us on that same platform and subscribe to get notified when our episodes go live. And then if you want to interact with us more directly, you can join us on our Discord. Um, we've got a great community of, uh, of Strictly Fam members on our Discord talking about all sorts of fun stuff. And then you can also follow us on Instagram at the Strictly Series and on Twitter at Strictly Series. The other important thing that we want to share with you guys today is another Tokyo Treat box. So for those who aren't familiar, Tokyo Treat is a monthly pop Japanese snack subscription box where you get up to 20 exclusive limited edition and seasonal flavored Japanese snacks that are only available in Japan for a limited time. Tokyo Treat wants to invite everyone to experience Japan from the comfort of your own home through their snack boxes. So this month's theme jumped out at me for sure because I personally uh, am not the biggest fan of the color pink. Pink! Except for when it's sakura season in Japan, which we've never experienced. Um, but pink is a, obviously a very important color to Hanami. So when this Tokyo Treat box arrived, all in pink, I had an inkling about the theme. I did too, because I figure that right about now is when Hanami starts or Hanami being the flower season when the cherry blossoms or the sakura are in full bloom. So I was particularly excited about this because like Courtney said, we've never been in Japan for sakura season or Hanami season. And I know that Japan goes all out when it comes to Hanami. And you know, the the booklet that comes with the Tokyo Treat Box has all sorts of information about what happens during Hanami, some of the traditions and customs that go along with it. But yeah, the food items that are themed around Hanami are what I'm particularly excited for because it's all like sakura flavored, some like strawberry flavored, everything in pink. And yeah, I'm really excited for this box. Yeah, like like we mentioned, we haven't been to Japan during the season. So we, we know that every year all of the snack companies have their limited edition sakura flavor. And we have never been able to try a lot of them because we're not physically there. But now for the first time, we actually get to try several of these. And I'm super excited. Um, so yeah, the, the theme this, this month is sakura snacktastic. Spring has arrived in Japan, and with it comes the highly anticipated cherry blossom viewing season known as Hanami. Experience the enchanting beauty of Japan's sakura season with Tokyo Treat's special sakura box. So this month features a beautifully designed sakura-themed box filled with lots of sakura-inspired snacks and teas like the spring cracker, sakura castella cake, sakura shortbread cookie, sakura leaf cracker, sakura mini cookies, and so much more. So immediately, 
I'm jumping to the Costera. I love Costera. Uh, the first time I ever had it was my second time in Japan when I traveled to Nagasaki and I fell in love. Um, so I, I've never had the Sakura flavored one before. I cannot wait to dive in. And I will be trying the Sakura shortbread cookie, which is a buttery cookie with a Sakura cream filling, according to, again, the, the book that comes with the Tokyo Treat Box. Not only does it contain factoids about Japanese culture, does contain some allergen information for each treat as well as whether or not it's suitable for certain diets. So enough of us talking. Let's just get to eating. So I pre-opened mine this time I to, did not. <laughs> to avoid some of the crazy ASMR, although I'm sure people are, are used to it by now. I'm diving into, um, as I mentioned, the Sakura Costera first. Right off the bat, super moist, super soft, like as I'm I'm pulling a piece off. And oh my God, it smells so good. Yeah, I'm smelling this shortbread cookie. It smells more like strawberry, but just has an overall pleasant fragrance. So itadakimasu. This is really good. The sakura flavor is kind of hard to describe. It's like so lightly sweet. Um, and I wouldn't say is like vanilla-y necessarily, but it has those hints of vanilla. It just, it tastes really, really nice. Same thing with this shortbread cookie. I, I see what you mean. It has, it's kind of like vanilla strawberry. Yeah, it kind of has kind like of mix. the very slight hints of like the the tartness that you get from a strawberry, but like very, very faint. Um, and then again, mixed in with those like vanilla flavors. But there's something else in here that's like brightly flavored that I can't put my finger on, but I'm already taking another bite of the Costera. <laughs> it just, it tastes like Japan. There you go. That's, that's <laughs> Japan is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> so next I'm opening up um, the Cream Colon by Glico. Uh, it's spelled C-O-L-L-O-N. And for anyone who's not you know, familiar with this snack, uh, I believe in Japanese it's pronounced Koron, but that's kind of the way it translates. So uh, don't be alarmed by the name as I was when I first uh, discovered the snack. Um, but I think I've had this before. It's been a really long time, so I'm excited to try it again. But I've never had the. Um, I think this was on. This one is also sakura flavored, right? Or is it strawberry? Um. Good thing we have the booklet here. You're right. Sorry, I got distracted because I'm gonna get strawberry immediately from the scent. I think it's strawberry. Um. Sorry, I'm flipping to the page right now. I got distracted. Uh. Yeah, it's ichigo cream, so strawberry. Uh, I got distracted because there's actually a page in the book about um, anime related to Sakura. Ooh, do tell. What's listed? Uh, so there are little blurbs about the three anime that are mentioned. Uh, we have Fairy Tale. Haven't watched it. Uh, Komi Can't Communicate. Aww. Yeah, I forgot. It has like Sakura motifs in it. Your waifu. I know. That's that's great. And uh, Your Lie in April. Oh, how appropriate. I, mean, yeah. <laughs> I know that's chock full of like Sakura motifs, but it's a really intense story. So. Yes, a good, a really good anime. All right, I'm going to dive into the uh, Strawberry Cream Koron. And while you're doing that, I've picked out the Strawberry Black Thunder, which is a chocolate crunch bar that contains strawberry flavor, of course. Uh I love this. This is so good. It's like a nice, um, light, crispy wafer on the outside. And then this really um, like intense strawberry cream on the inside. But it's not too tart. It's more sweet than tart. 
Yeah. You know, strawberry flavored snacks from Japan just smell so much more pleasant than like strawberry flavored snacks from America. They're kind of like less artificial flavoring or um, less artificial tasting than mm-hmm. strawberry snacks in the U.S. Yeah, this just tastes like a sort of like a Japanese crunch bar. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> I want to try that. Um, yeah, <laughs> Save me a piece. <laughs> yeah, just the strawberry flavor. I, I, I love it. Last thing I'll mention that caught my eye is a lot of the Tokyo treat boxes come with a really unique item. Uh, this time it has Hakata Tonkotsu Ramen, like an instant ramen pack. And I'm really excited to try that later. Of course, I, I can't cook it right now for for the, the episode and try it in front of everybody. But Tonkotsu Ramen is one of my, like, I, that's my one, one of my favorite flavors of ramen. So really excited to open this up on a, on a cold day. And maybe I'll pull up like a YouTube video of, of a Hanami viewing and just enjoy that while tasting this lovely ramen. But enough of us reveling in this flowery feast. Go check out Tokyo Treat's Sakura Snacktastic box for yourself. Or if you're the type who likes to share the love, what better way to let your friendship or kinship blossom than in the form of a Tokyo Treat box as a gift for the food lover or full-on weeb in your life. So make sure to use code STRICTLYANIME for $5 off your first Tokyo Treat box through the link in our description, team.tokyotreat.com slash strictlyanime. And yes, they do ship worldwide. Thank you as always to Tokyo Treat for sponsoring this box and allowing us to try these limited edition Sakura treats that we would never be able to get our hands on. It's amazing. All right, let's get chatting. I thought it'd be fun to start off this very first Strictly Chatting episode with an update on our Valentine's Day because we are a few days what removed. update? <laughs> We're a few days removed from Valentine's Day, which was February 14th. Um, and our update is that we did absolutely nothing for Valentine's Day this year, but that was intentional. We both agreed to not do anything. Yeah, plus Valentine's Day fell on a Wednesday this year, the worst day of the week in my opinion, uh, because there's nothing really exciting that you can do on a Wednesday. Like, it, it's the middle of the week, and it's like, you're it, also for us, we were working, and I'm sure there were a lot of couples out there who were out doing fun things, but we figure, you know, why not just take this time to, to be at home, spend some time with our kid, and that was enough for us. Yeah, we, we were totally fine keeping things low-key. We both said to each other, like, let's not get each other gifts this year. Normally we do. We'll get each other, like, small gifts, um, do things that are, like, small gestures to each other or go out to eat. We, we not, we're not the type to do anything lavish or over the top for Valentine's Day. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, we like to keep it simple. Um, but, yeah, this year we were like, look, let's just hone in on family time. Let's just spend time together. Let's spend time with our son. And that's that was the best way, honestly, for us to celebrate Valentine's Day this year. Also, it fell on Ash Wednesday, and we are Catholic, so... We we practice Lent. Is that the right way to say it? We follow yes. Lent. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it was a, a day of like conflicting emotion. Like on, on one side, <laughs> there's love and on the other side, it's like penance. Yeah. So, I mean, to go from work, because again, it's the middle of the fucking week, to go from work to then going to Lent, Lenten Mass, 
and then have Ash to, Wednesday Ash mass. Wednesday mass. Um, and then also trying to find time to squeeze in like a Valentine's Day dinner or something was just not feasible. So yeah, we went to Ash Wednesday mass and then that was the extent of what we did after work. <laughs> Although I, I was festive enough to wear like a red cardigan. You did. That's about... With a pink shirt underneath, right? Yeah, that's about the extent to which I celebrated Valentine's Day. Well, good for you. I wore black because the majority of my clothes are black. <laughs> <laughs> well, enough about this holiday. Valentine's Day is over and done with. Let's talk about anime. Anime is here to stay. <laughs> and I want to know of what you're watching right now. What is what? What's your favorite? I mean, what what are you really enjoying right now? Well, there is something that I'm watching right now that I can't really discuss because it's going to be a topic of a future episode. Ooh! Uh, but I, I will say that the thing that I am watching is pretty pretty engaging and not at all what I had expected of it. Interesting. So I would I'm say gonna... the same for that secret thing that we're watching <laughs> yeah. that we can't share yet. So yeah, you, you're privy to it. Yes. But... <laughs> but yeah, I guess besides that, is there anything else that you're watching? I know that you had mentioned you started Gintama. How far are you on that now? Yeah, I'm not that far at all. <laughs> uh, where did I leave off? I am just on episode eight. Yeah, so still like in the throws of the beginning of the first season so like less than one percent into the right. full con the content of Gintama. yeah because i oh wait there's like 50 episodes in the first season right although like mal i think lists 200 or so episodes um as like a uh, first chunk of gintama i don't know if that makes so, sense so i think technically the first chunk of gintama is like that full 200 episodes but there's a turning point in the show i think right around episode 50 like in the 50s or something where you get your first serious arc mm. and yeah that's like a long stretch but everything before that is really entertaining and really funny so it's not too bad um so i think people usually identify that as like uh i don't think they, they consider that the end of a season but that is definitely a a different vibe for gintama in a good way um but yeah I, it's it's hard to gauge because gintama uses really dumb naming conventions intentionally for each of the seasons so it's hard to tell like where one starts and where one ends but yeah i'm having a pretty good time with it now i think i finally have context of course for the main trio like their sort of origin stories because that's kind of touched upon in the first three or four episodes uh knowing where or like knowing how Shinpachi ended up working for and becoming friends with Gintama and where Kagura's from and also like just the overarching like story at hand when it comes to the the the, the setting and who the Amanto are and all of that jazz because I had watched episodes out of context with you and like I, I knew who Gintoki, Kagura, and Shinpachi were. I just had no idea what was going on in the show. The one that the, the one that comes to mind is the Jugem episode, which With I don't the monkey. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know if that's in these first fifty episodes or like way later on. I think it was later. Okay, I mean that was just like a nonsensical episode, and you didn't really have to know like the whole story of Gintama to know what was going on. But 
yeah, I think right now it's just good to get sort of this exposition. But there are certain episodes where it's just kind of like that nonsense thing. Uh, but also heartwarming. One of them was the this this dad who's an escaped convict who wants to see his daughter, and it's like uh, his daughter is like an up and coming idol, and it was just yeah. I, I didn't think it would be so touching. <laughs> Honestly. It only gets more heartwarming from here. There are some really, I'm not going to spoil anything because I want you to experience it firsthand, but there are some really heartwarming moments that to me are some of the best moments I've witnessed in anime. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for you to to get to some of those points. And they usually fall, like they just randomly start happening in the middle of a comedic episode. And that's the best part about Gintama. The way that it can move from comedy to drama and back again and make it so seamless and make it all work is just, it's incredible. I think that the stupidest thing that I remember of these first eight episodes is there's one where the, the who's the detective Has, Hasegawa? Uh, I don't know. I'm asking you. You don't know names. I but. mean, he had a he 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 starts off one way and ends another way. So okay, well, I, I'm pretty sure his name was the guy with the sunglasses. Yes. Yeah, Hasegawa. It's like the first episode where where you meet him. Okay. Yeah. And he hires Gintoki's odd jobs team to help find this king or this prince's lost pet. And I'm sorry if I'm spoiling Gintama, but these aren't like big plot points. They're yeah, just one for, off episodes. For anyone who's aware, like we're gonna talk about a bunch of anime. We'll do like medium spoilers to kind of talk through the show, but we would never I don't think we're gonna give like major spoilers, at least not without a warning. Mm-hmm. So in this case, like the the pet is like this octopus-like creature, and antics ensue, and the the trio end up like running him over. But then, like out of nowhere, like the prince is is grieving for his lost pet. But then out of nowhere, Kagura starts boiling it, <laughs> and then that's what causes the like the the climax of this episode to go into high gear. Is that I guess boiling this sort of octopus-like creature makes it turn into like this villainous monster. It was just funny, like of all things to happen, it's because Kagura was doing something so stupid because she wanted to eat this creature, thinking it'd be like eating like a takoyaki. Like just the absurdity of like wh- what escalated the sort of conflict of this episode. Yeah. That's one of the best parts about Gintama. Nothing, <laughs> nothing's too crazy for them to mm-hmm. put in there. <laughs> it just had like this sort of Patrick Star energy to it. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you're liking it. Keep keep us posted. Maybe that'll be the thing. I'll I'll do Naruto updates, and then you can do Gintama updates as we make our way through these shows because both of them are long as fuck. On my end of things, um, I am working my way through seasonals. I There's a couple of ep- episodes, a couple of shows that are really catching my attention. And I have to say, as far as this season goes, I haven't had a season like this in quite a while where there were this many romance anime that not only were great, but I was itching to watch. I could not wait to watch the ne- next episode. It's like I said, it's been so long and, and I feel like we are spoiled this winter 2024 um, because we have, I'm just going to open these up, um, in the order they're showing up on mail. We have Cherry Magic, 30 Years of Virginity Can Make You a Wizard, which is a BL and it's very, very good. We have the second season of The Dangers in My Heart, which is 
a phenomenal romance anime. It is so well done. It is so um, thoughtful and stylized and artistic. And I just, I love it. Like, it is just a fantastic show where everything is just coming together so well. If you're not watching it, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Um, we have A Sign of Affection, which is fucking amazing. This this show is also really, really good. Um, it has a very heartwarming story and it's moving the plot along at a very nice pace. It's not, I feel like it's not going to be a show that strings us along or does the slow burn. So if you're not into slow, slow burn romance anime, I highly recommend A Sign of Affection. And then we also have um, Apothecary Diaries, which has like some romantic subtext to it, but that's not really the focal point of the show, but it is fucking amazing. I've talked a number of times on the podcast about this show. I, it just like came out of nowhere and it is really well done. Like the, the story is, is addicting. I wouldn't, I did not think I would be this engulfed in this anime, but it might be my favorite thing that I'm watching right now. Yeah, I'm not very much far into the Apothecary Diaries, although it's also on my watch list. I think I was I was watching Gigux. Uh, he had like an end of year anime video out on YouTube, the one that he does where he picks out his anime of the year. And spoiler alert: the Apothecary Diaries was on there, although it's still airing. So I guess from our standards, we wouldn't really consider it a 2023 anime. But I think. One thing that he said about the show, and this kind of makes sense, like for why I enjoy it, is just how Mao Mao is as a character. Because she's not like your typical sort of female character who, you know, has like the high pitched voice and that sort of bubbly personality that can kind of be whiny or any of those sort of characteristics. She's just, she feels so natural. In a in a kind of sense, like she she doesn't feel like a forceful sort of character, and it's probably one of the more intelligent characters on this show, outside of like Jinshi. Yeah, I love her character, and I love her dynamic with Jinshi. I think the two of them are a blast to watch, and I recall. Um, Oh my God, what was the other show? There was another show that did the same kind of thing. It was set in the same time period of China. Oh my God, what was it called? Um, the Raven of the Inner Palace, mm. I think is what it was called. And it had these like adventure of the week style mysteries, but Apothecary Diaries. So don't get me wrong. Raven of the Inner Palace was, re was really good. I enjoyed that a lot. I would watch more of that. But Apothecary Diaries does that, but so much better. I'm like genuinely interested in the mysteries, even though some of them come and go, like they're just for that episode or for two episodes. The way Mau Mau goes about determining like the root cause of these issues or solving these mysteries is just so much fun to watch. I love like like her working through her thought process. And I love how she doesn't always just straight up tell people the answer. She kind of guides people to the answer that she already knows exists or that mm. she already knows that she's she's determined. Um, so it's not just like the the story spoon feeding you the answer. You are also kind of need, needing to think through what she's already realized um, as the viewer. Yeah. Okay, going back to her character, it, it's kind of like she just goes against the grain and, and a lot of tropes of what you'd expect of female characters. I just... Love how she has this really strong and independent presence about her. And I get like, like you said, she kind of guides 
viewers and guides the characters around her towards these resolutions or understanding uh like or unraveling the mystery at hand so it just makes for a more engaging show that i didn't expect to really have interest in because i think this is kind of my first sort of historical yeah what would you like categorize it like that sort of historical drama like a period piece almost yeah they're period piece thank you even though this is all taking place in a sort of fictional kingdom based on ancient China. I know it even has the disclaimers at the beginning of every episode. They're like, this is not based on anybody real. (laughs) The only other show I wanted to call out, which is not of this season, but I'm catching up on it, is Pluto. Um, This is from the creator of Monster. And um, I think this is on Netflix. They did like a full drop as they normally do. Um, you know, however we feel about that. And I'm making my way through it. I finished the first three episodes and I'm really enjoying it. Um, it's 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 done in a very similar style to Monster where you have these like separate storylines that are slowly being revealed as like intertwining. And I'm, I'm excited to get to that point where like everything comes together. But yeah, I mean, no, no real like immediate thoughts about it that I want to share, like nothing specific, just in general. I really like it. So for anybody who enjoyed Monster... Or anybody who loves a really good mystery, like a well-written mystery, I highly recommend Pluto. Now, Gigug actually talked about this show as well. So it's, again, spoiler alert, this is part of his end-of-year anime YouTube video. Would you say it's, it's, it's not as good as the story of Monster, but it's still pretty engaging? Um, if that was his opinion... I actually think I might like Pluto a little bit more than Monster, mm, but I think that's okay. my personal taste. I don't know if I, so. Okay, Monster admittedly is long. I want to say it had like sixty something episodes, seventy something episodes. I watched it when I was on maternity leave because I actually had time to like dive into it and I could watch them back to back. But um, if you are not watching it in a binge style like I did, it may feel very long. Like it, it is honestly a a, a long show um and that might be why i enjoy pluto more because there were some pretty slow parts of monster and pluto i haven't really encountered any slow moments because the time that they have to tell the story is significantly less it's eight one hour episodes which i think translates to to 24 regular episodes so yeah you're talking a 24 episode series versus a 60 70 episode series it's you know i think the pacing is going to be a little bit better in pluto okay interesting because what Gagok was saying is that Pluto, I guess, doesn't really come close to the depth of storytelling that you see in Monster. And I haven't seen either shows, but I was just listening to his opinion. But he said that even at even if this is considered like the creator's not-so-great work, it's still a fantastic work. Yeah, I'd agree with him there. I think there's a little less depth that you're going to get from Pluto. Um there's less of like the the nuances and the tiny things that build the mystery um for sure yeah because monster did that very very well but i guess it's just whatever type of mystery is the type that resonates with you i think either way you can't go wrong well i'm gonna pivot topics like really pivot topics because this isn't really related to anime i guess there is one case where it could be related to anime the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, so a lot of our patrons uh, might know that we have a strictly pre-show where we were chatting about the Super Bowl or leading up to 
What is the the number right now for Super Bowl fifty Super Bowl fifty eight? Oh my god! Uh, which took place what, February eleventh. Uh, it was the Kansas City Chiefs against the San Francisco 49ers. Spoiler alert: the Kansas City Chiefs won. Whoa! But we weren't really paying attention to the game. We don't really watch the game. Uh, we went to your sister's house for a bit and just caught glimpses of it on TV. But that's pretty much it. And then we didn't even stay the whole time. Um, we ended up going home. And then I just found out through social media that the Chiefs had won in overtime. But, yeah. What did you think of the very little that we saw of the Super Bowl this year? Meh. I'm not a football fan. I've just, I'm not. I, I've watched plenty of Super Bowls. I've been to a lot of Super Bowl parties. I've I've watched football games in general, and I've just never been a football person. Um, I guess we're more of like a basketball and baseball, and I guess a little bit of hockey type of household. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just don't really care about the Super Bowl, and um, I... I really only it only has my attention if the halftime show I'm one of those right if the halftime show is really interesting then I'll watch that and usually I, I'm not interested in it generally like I love the Rihanna one and then I loved the Snoop Dogg that Dr. Was, yeah. Dre one yeah that was two years ago yeah that was really good uh yeah this year we didn't I didn't even watch the halftime show or, or I didn't either uh watch it after the broadcast on like YouTube I know like Usher performed right Oh, I see right here on Google. It says, halftime show included Usher, Alicia Keys, Jermaine Dupri, Her, Will I Am, Lil Jon, and Ludacris. I've only seen like clips of the performance. And maybe it's just because I'm not so up to date on like social media um, or like was very in the moment when it came to tweeting or, or anything. But um, I don't know. It feels like not many people were like so hyped about this halftime show unless you were like a millennial who was just in love with usher and just loved the hip-hop r&b throwbacks that he was throwing at us but one thing that i did see from this uh the halftime show which was really interesting is i think on tiktok and some other social media sources when alicia keys appeared she performed uh, what's that song if I ain't got you, um, but her beginning note went viral because her voice kind of cracked, and <laughs> there are a lot of like meme reactions to it where you know people were throwing up their hands or like had like that sort of cringe face, which to her credit, like it's it's probably difficult to like warm up your voice and and perform for that large of an audience. Although they were in Vegas, so it wasn't like her voice was exposed to the elements since Vegas is a pretty warm place. But what was interesting is that people were posting, I think a couple days after the Super Bowl, the NFL put the halftime show or segments of the halftime show on their YouTube channel. And when it came to Alicia Keys' performance, they edited her beginning note so that it didn't crack. That's dumb. Yeah. They didn't do that when Janet Jackson's boob popped out. I mean, they, they <laughs> censored it, but I mean, we all know what happened. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people probably have recordings that they've uploaded to YouTube now of that very famous incident. But yeah, it just makes me think, you know, like the Mandela effect where you think something happened, 
or like you think something was written or appears a certain way, but that's not at all what happened. And people say it's like a sort of alternate reality sort of thing. I feel like that's going to happen with this, where people will say, oh, Alicia Keys cracked her voice at the first note when she performed at the halftime show of the Super Bowl. And other people will be like, no, what are you talking about? And then we'll refer back to this YouTube video. And so you'll have two different camps who are saying different things. And then people will think we're all living in some sort of simulation. <laughs> That's an interesting topic. Um, let's dive a little bit more into that and relate it to anime. Because this shit happens in like all media. But I think it's also happened in anime where we get these edited versions of things that remove certain things and that's just not the way it was originally done. I can see if um, an anime airs and then it gets cleaned up for the Blu-ray release. That's fine because it's very transparent that that's what happens. But like editing things for TV, um, like I think about Stone Ocean. Didn't they take out or switch the Cubs logo on Emporio's outfit to the Green Dolphin Street logo like like after it already started airing? I did hear stories about that. I didn't really get to verify that for myself. I mean, I guess technically it's to avoid any sort of litigation from the Chicago Cubs um, or any sort of like copyright stuff. But I, I'm not in favor of changing a piece of work um secretly like that again the blu-ray situation we all know that all anime will clean up their shit for the blu-ray release which is fine because you know sometimes you just don't have enough time during the production but you want to have like a really nice final product but i don't like changing the content of something like if you're cleaning up frames to make it look nicer or even just reanimating a show that's fine but changing the content i i just don't like that it, it doesn't feel right you know what i mean like in this case with the super bowl she cracked her first note does that suck yes but that's mm -hmm. literally what happened you now you're just rewriting history and i know it's not like a big <laughs> deal but you're like rewriting history for what to like save face i guess or to like make it look perfect i just mm -hmm. feel like that's so that's so like disingenuine yeah and you know i'm sure everyone knows that alicia keys is a fantastic singer like this isn't like this isn't going to taint her reputation in any way. But yeah, it's just funny that the NFL account decided to do this. I don't know if this was a request from like her agency or from Alicia herself. But yeah, it's just one of the more odd pieces of news coming out of the Super Bowl. But it's funny to say that it wasn't the most odd piece of news from the big game because... This is what I want to talk about more with the Super Bowl, the Nickelodeon broadcast. Have you watched any clips of that? Just the clips that you showed me. Yeah, it's, I think it's the first time they've done it for the Super Bowl. So I think every year the Super Bowl is hosted by a different TV broadcasting station in the States. And for this year, it was CBS which is a part of Viacom. And so Viacom also has, I guess, the rights to Nickelodeon. And so throughout the year, I think some of their NFL games have featured a Nickelodeon version where it's been SpongeBob and Patrick that have acted as like color commentators. And so they decided to do the same thing for the NFL's biggest game, the Super Bowl. And they brought Tom Kenny and... Is last, it's Bill Fadgerback who play SpongeBob and Patrick, and they're they're doing mocap for um, their characters while they actually had two other 
sports commentators that were actually calling out the plays of the game. And I think the internet either fell in love with it or were just like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> it honestly reminded me of VTubers. It just looked yeah. weird. Like, I, I like the idea, but looking at SpongeBob and Patrick, I'm like, this is just Nickelodeon's version of VTubers. Yeah, because it's, you know, I don't think technology for mocap has advanced to a point where the, the movements are, like, believable. But I think it's just cool to hear the voices and them kind of improvising on the spot when it came to watching the game. And I feel like I would have preferred watching this broadcast of the Super Bowl because it just seemed so much more entertaining. And I've been watching reels and TikToks of some of the highlights, and they're just brilliant. I think there was one where there was like a fumble, and you hear Patrick say, oh, you have to firmly grasp it. <laughs> just a <laughs> great reference to, um, what was that episode, where they go jellyfishing with Squidward. Um, this one, and <laughs> this might have been like a dicey joke, but I think they were showing clips or like, there were shots of some of the celebrities at the game, and it included Leonardo DiCaprio. And SpongeBob goes, 25. That's in reference to Leonardo's like dating history. <laughs> Which was like, I don't know if that like toes the line of like comedy you can bring up in Nickelodeon. But yeah, there's just a lot of great moments with them. And the other thing was, I think there, there's like a reboot of Dora the Explorer coming up and it's like a cgi version but uh dora would come up during like flags on the play and explain what the penalty was and so there was one instance where it was holding and one for a false start and it's funny because you know how like she has certain phrases on the show where he's like where are we going and then the, i think boots or whatever will respond but this time around when it came to the false start she says where are we going and then Boots comes up, the monkey, and says, back five yards. <laughs> <laughs> it's really brilliant humor. Um, so I don't know if they'll try to keep doing this for future Super Bowls, especially since I don't know who's going to broadcast it uh, next year or in the coming years. But I feel like TV stations are going to keep an eye on how sec how successful this was and try to do the same for, like, I don't know, if, like, Disney... Or like ABC um, host the Super Bowl and try to do something similar with like any of the Disney characters or, or Marvel characters. Didn't they also do the Bubble Bowl Sweet Victory? They did, which I guess was supposed to be a redemption from, I forget which Super Bowl. I think Maroon 5 was performing. Travis Scott. Yeah, and then yeah, Travis Scott featured. And I remember there was a clip of SpongeBob like during that halftime show and people were hyped that they were going to perform sweet victory but then travis scott came out and everyone was super disappointed uh but yeah i think the nickelodeon broadcast had the halftime show as sweet victory but it was really just clips of like some of the performance animated for cgi with players from both teams kind of like shots of them interspersed with it so it wasn't like a proper performance but i think it was at least what the fans had wanted at the base level so that was pretty awesome that's for the game again we can't comment on it but <laughs> i just love the the sort of meme culture that has surrounded it especially with this 
Nickelodeon broadcast. So Carl recently sent me um, a link to an anime figure that I am 100-1000% going to purchase because apparently Pop-Up Parade is making a an Isaka Taiga figure from Toradora. And I cannot fucking wait. I want this. I want this so bad. Yeah, so it's a Good Smile Company, the manufacturer of the Pop-Up Parade line. And I think they were at Wonderfest, which is a a convention of some sorts, like a toy and figure convention in Japan that they hold, I'm assuming in the wintertime. And so they had it this month. And Good Smile, as the convention was going on, they announced a slate of new figures for people to purchase and pre-order. And yeah, I just happened to catch the one of Taiga from Toradora. And I knew you would appreciate it because Taiga figures and Toradora figures are really hard to come by. They are, although there have been more of them uh, since the... Shit, which anniversary was it? One of the anniversaries. Is it the 25th? <laughs> something. It was a no, some milestone it was anniversary. 10th yeah, or 15th. Or yeah. <laughs> um, so they, they had a couple of them. Of course, you got me the Taiga wedding dress version um, figure, which is gorgeous. Um, I love it. But yeah, I see that um, there's like a black and white version. I don't think they finished. So I think it's like a, it. yeah, it's like a prototype or a concept version. So not the final version. Typically, when they do have a version up for pre-order, you'll see it in like its colored form. So I think it's more so like, hey, this figure is on the horizon, so just keep an eye out for when we finally announce the final design. The only thing, though, like I'm sure it's going to be gorgeous because Papa Parade, it, we've talked about this before, Papa Parade, that line is incredibly high quality for the price point. Mm-hmm. It is so great to finally have figures at that price point that look good and you want to put on display not saying you don't want to put other stuff on display but there's something like really detailed about them and really well done the only um thing about the taiga one that i'm like wondering about is this pose is not very taiga i almost kind of wish she was just giving her regular sundere face or one of her traditional poses um where she's got like her hand on her hip or something um, this one's still going to be really cute. I'm definitely going to buy it, but it's maybe a little bit different than what I'd expect for a Taiga figure. What I'm also really hoping for, because Papa Parade has been really great about doing like uh, complete sets of characters and having uh, figures for a lot of characters from the same show versus just the the typical characters of the most popular characters or just the the female characters. And so I'm hoping that they will make a Ryuji figure. Because mm. I've only ever seen one. There was a time where I was searching high and low for one so that I could add it to my collection, but I only found one. I don't know who made it. Um, it was uh, discontinued a long time ago, so I was never going to get my hands on it. And it honestly looked really janky. He did not look like himself. But if Pop-Up Parade stays true to kind of their way of doing things, I am hopeful that we'll eventually get a Ryuji figure. They're probably going to do the girls first. They're probably going to do an Ami um, and a Minorin. But 
if we eventually get at least Ryuji, I would shit myself. I would buy that in a heartbeat. Because I think about this, the Inuyasha line. They gave us everybody. Not only did they give us Inuyasha, Sashomaru, um, and Kagome, and uh, Kikyo. They also gave us Sango and Moroku. I think they gave us Rin and Jokin, too. I don't think I have that the one. The little characters? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the only one I don't have. Eventually, I will get that. But I was, like, so surprised. They gave us the whole lineup. Of course, they're going to give us Inuyasha, Kagome, and Sashomaru. They're the most popular characters. But the fact that they did everybody was such a pleasant surprise. So that's another thing I really love about Pop-Up Parade. I sing praises about them all the time. And, yeah, I just I can't wait for, for this one to come out. Plus, they go back to a lot of classic series that, like Toradora, uh, Inuyasha, Cowboy Bebop, there haven't been many figures or pieces of merchandise released as of late. So they're great pickups for fans of those series. Um, Really quick, I'm going to post a link to the um, prototype Taiga pop-up parade figure for anyone who wants to see it and possibly add it to their collection. I'll post that link in the Discord. Yeah, and you can go to Good Smile Company's um, Instagram page because they've posted a lot of different figure announcements since whatever weekend Wonderfest was. Um, a couple of the other ones that caught my eye, uh, they they have announced a free run pop-up parade. Uh, I, I think they previously had Fern and Stark up for pre-order, but now we get the the mage herself, the elven mage herself. So I know we have a lot of free run fans on our Discord who will probably be happy about that news. Um, oh yeah, the other one I showed you before. Uh, speaking of like figure poses, I think the figure announcement for these particular characters, they got the pose down pretty well because they're figures from JoJo, and it's Jotaro and Dio in Papa Parade form. Okay, we need to share links of all of these. Wait, so you're... (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to write down. We're going to share the links to the free run ones. Um, And then we're going to share the links for the JoJo ones. Um, I'm really excited about the JoJo ones. I'm, like, nervous, though, because that's a rabbit hole. Like, once they start making JoJo figures... (laughs) Yeah. It's going to be, like, every fucking character in JoJo, which we know there's a shitload of them. Um, And then we're going to go broke. (laughs) But, like... Like you said before, Pop Up Parade is a, a great alternative for like affordable and high quality figures. There are plenty of other lines that feature JoJo characters, but like the price points for those are steep. And yeah, I, I'm I'm really eyeing these two figures. Although we we have a Jotaro and a Dio uh, from other lines, and I, I think the Jotaro that I have from it might have been like Ichiban Kuji poses the exact same way as this pop-up parade figure so if I were to put these two together it'd be kind of funny Um, and then the deal one actually poses very similarly too but these are kind of like (laughs) classic poses for both characters so you know what I'm I'm still willing to pay the the money to procure these I'm still waiting for a um, part four Jotaro figure, like a good looking one. I know they just came out. Some other figure line just came out. I think with it one. was, yeah, Ichiban Kuji. It looks 
okay. <laughs> also, the Koichi from that line looks janky as fuck. But anyway, um, the other set of figures that you also mentioned, or you told me about, were the large size Mugen and Jin from Samurai Champloo. Yeah, those have been out for a while. Um, so just full, uh, full disclosure, the the for anyone who's interested, the store that I usually buy figures from is bigbadtoystore.com. They have a lot of like Western pop culture figures, but also an assortment of anime figures. And I, I think the Samurai Champloo pop-up parade line was announced sometime back. Um, they're currently on pre-order, but the weird thing about these figures is that they're the large size versions. So they're not scaled to typical pop-up parade size. And I don't know exactly why. Um, they stand at 8.7 inches. Sheesh. I, I'm trying to find the like standard pop-up parade scale. Maybe someone at the pop-up parade, like on the team, just really fucking loves um, Samurai Champloo. Oh, yeah, the Leodio. He got to get the Leodio. He looks really good. Wait, Leo- oh, yeah, I, that one is so good. I actually, I think I pre-ordered that one. Okay, good. So. <laughs> I'm just, I wanted to get the Gone Freaks one, Um, but the problem with the Gone is that he's not smiling, and I only want figures where he's like giving his classic, like, yeah, it's happy all kid the, smile. He's like in the Jajankam pose. Yeah, so he's his... like angry. He looks really fucking good, but he's not wearing his jacket and he he's angry. And I'm like, I, I want to remember the happy gone. He, that's my favorite. So I think typical pop-up parade figures are scaled at six inches, like around six inches. So yeah, these are still going to look kind of massive if we were to buy these Champloo figures and display them against our other pop-up parade figures. But man, they look so nice. And Champloo is another series where you rarely get any merchandise because it was a show that was from the early 2000s and I don't yeah I don't know exactly why they had these or this line come out but I'm not complaining Um, but yeah this one I'll have to kind of I'm like fingers crossed they come out with standard size versions for this Uh, just a couple of I found another announcement from Wonderfest from Good Smile Company uh, Marion figure from the Max Factory line, which, okay, that's fine. Uh, but Nendoroid, guess what they're coming out with? Uh, I don't know. A Komi ponytail version. Don't you already have <laughs> wait, <laughs> You already is, have the Komi uh, one. <laughs> but it's Komi. Um, <laughs> sh- she's wearing the the summer school uniform this time around. And yeah, it's her and ponytail version. I'm sure you could probably like switch out the head with the other Nendoroid that came out. Ah, uh, yeah, I'll have to sit on this one. But I want to get the Madin. It looks pretty. Real... It that one looks like really good. That really? one looks like Madin. I figured you wouldn't like this one because yeah, you're you're very. Um, critical when it comes to the faces of figures like you mentioned with gone and there have been plenty of mining figures that have come out but but none of them have been like in her classic school uniform um they've been like other stuff or if they have they're pretty lewd this one's like i'm sure there's gonna be a panty shot somewhere um but like i i could probably turn it from the front end and then not have you know our guests see her panties shit this one is going to retail at 
$135. The modding? <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Is she like an XL? Wait, is she not? It's a one-seventh scale figure, so nine inches tall. Oh, it's Max Factory. It's yeah. not pop-up parade. Okay, I may hold out for a pop-up parade then. I don't think I can afford that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, Sega has come up come out with a cheaper version for like well, 40 bucks, but I think I showed you that one before and you didn't like the way that she looked. Yeah, in particular. I curate my figures. You guys know that. Oh, and there's the Noodle Stopper one. That one's which... cute, but like when I want a figure, like a Noodle Stopper to me is like a secondary figure of a character. Like I have to have the main like nice figure of them in like a legit pose and then I'll also get the Noodle Stopper. Yeah, makes sense. But they're just fun to like put on the side of like your desk and have them sit there. <laughs> or on top of your ramen. I, have <laughs> Has anyone actually used those for like waiting for their ramen to cook? Probably. I mean, our, our, we just got a, a picture from our friend in Khan fam That's who true. used the Bakugo one. It looked like he was shitting in his ramen. <laughs> but then I feel like, you know, if it's for like, it's meant for like the instant ramen, right? Yes. So, you know, like it has the, the flimsy plastic lid. Oh, yeah. You have to just accept that like at some point it's going to fall into the liquid. <laughs> <laughs> That's what scares me. Like, I don't want to ruin this nice figure. In and douse in like tonkotsu broth or something. All this talk of figures, though, reminds me that we have a couple friends and family who are going to Japan later this month. Or actually, I think some of them are in Japan right now. And it's it's making me have major FOMO when I normally don't ever have FOMO. I or, always have yeah, FOMO. <laughs> fear, fear of missing out. But... Yeah, I think we, we sent them a list of souvenirs that we want them to take in. We're probably like the two like the, the two friends or family members who have requested the most <laughs> of them when it comes to like stuff we want from Japan. But again, it's it's been so long and who knows if we'll have a chance anytime soon to go over there. Here's the problem though. So um one of those relatives is my sister. It's her first time going to Japan with her husband and um we gave them like a ton of like you know tips and like recommendations and whatnot and they said you know we'll, we'll bring you back whatever you want just let us know but like while my sister has watched a handful of anime um she doesn't know anime like she's not a weeb by any means she's like a like a normie who enjoys specific anime but she has picked up a lot of anime recently in preparation for the trip. yeah so she watched spy family she's caught up on jujitsu kaizen she watched ranking of kings um promise, promise neverland. neverland only the first season we mm -hmm. told her to not watch the second season um she watched death parade that was really good because she likes mm. she grew up on death note and um paranoia agent she really loves those anime so and she watched Orm High School Host Club, but uh, she really loves those shows. So she likes something that's in like the realm of like psychological or like scary stuff. Um, ranking of Kings. Yeah, Ranking of Kings. <laughs> she so just loves because, Bulgy. Yeah, she calls him Buddy Buddy. Yeah. So um, they're in Japan. Oh, they're going to be in Japan soon. They're saying like, we'll get you whatever you want. But everything I want, she doesn't know about. Like she doesn't know the characters. And I just don't. I told her, I'm like, if you happen to see 
some stuff with these characters and we sent them some pictures you know grab me whatever but don't don't stress about it don't don't sweat it like enjoy your vacation it's your first time in japan it's already going to be overwhelming being in a new country um and not being able to speak the language so don't go out of your way to get us a bunch of stuff it's just if you happen to find something um so we'll see what they end up coming back with i did put some easy stuff on there too though i put um fuzzy uh fuzzy socks from the don quixote any of the don quixote because mm-hmm. i love the ones that i grabbed last time we were there um what else did i put oh, i put some like makeup items but they were from the jojo collab so i highly doubt they're still available and then i also mentioned grabbing me like something small and unique from the Nintendo store um from like the Legend of Zelda section. So if there's any like cool Zelda stuff that she thinks I might not already have. So yeah. That's like it's like it's it's trying to strike a balance between like yeah, I want a lot of shit from Japan if you're going to go there, but also like don't worry about it, don't get me anything cuz I want you to enjoy your vacation. Yeah, and then my list <laughs> I kind of listed out specifics for some of the things that Again, if they happen to be mostly in like Akihabara, then if they keep an eye out for these. But I guess the 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 level one <laughs> souvenirs that I've asked them to procure, uh, they're actually items from the konbini. It's specifically the melon pan or the melon bread from Family Mart, because I think of, I think, yeah, I had melon bread from Family Mart. Uh, from 7-Eleven. I don't recall if I had any from Lawson. But of the Konbini, I think I love the Melon Bond from Family Mart the most. So I'm pretty sure the last time we went to Japan on the flight um, heading back to Chicago, I had actually bought some Melon Pan to eat when, I, when, when we got back home. And I, I was so reluctant to open it because you know, I just wanted to preserve the mountain bond for what it was but then of course it's gonna expire soon so i I took the bite and i savored it as much as i could so i asked i asked your sister and her husband to pick that up as well as um another item specifically from family mart which is their instant tonkotsu ramen i think that was my favorite like instant ramen from a konbini as well we did tell them to do the suitcase trick where you put a medium-sized suitcase uh, where you pack all your shit in it inside of an empty large-sized suitcase. So that way when you go there, you're only traveling with one suitcase checked in. And then when you um, when you shop and stuff in Japan, you can then take the medium out of the large and then use the large to bring back all of the souvenirs. That always works wonders for us. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, we'll, we'll see what they end up bringing back. We'll let you guys know too. Whatever they end up bringing back for us, we'll um, hopefully we'll share that and maybe share some pictures. Because um, yeah, I, I mean, I want anything from Japan. Yeah, really quick. Uh, I, the other items I asked besides the kombini items, um, if they were to go to Akihabara, I asked for a specific like chibi figure of Kurapika from Hunter Hunter, as well as... Uh, cleaning figure levi from aot there's a cleaning version of him and i know that a stop the reseller of anime figures in japan a popular anime figure reseller i think on their website they had these in stock in one of their display cases and so i (laughs) i had to send them pictures of what these look like and if they happen to be an a stop um, if they could pick those up for me but 
who knows, probably by now someone has gotten those figures. And if they have, well, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, of course, last thing was uh, Atarashi Gakko merch. Because they've blown up in Japan and almost have become a household name. So if they happen to see anything of theirs that's um, on sale, that would be great too. Going back to more anime news though, and this is one that does not come with a sort of positive connotation with it. Uh, It's one that a lot of our friends and confam were discussing. Um, I pulled an article from IGN and we can share that link in the Discord for anyone who wants to read it. It's titled, Anime fans frustrated as Funimation digital copies won't move to Crunchyroll. So I guess in in summary, the Funimation streaming service, which was bought by Crunchyroll a couple of years ago, it'll finally be shut down on April 2nd of this year. And I think there was an FAQ about how the merge is going to look from Funimation to Crunchyroll. And an excerpt from that was in regards to the digital copies that people purchased through Funimation. Or I think it's not that they purchased it through Funimation. It's more that these people bought a physical copy of some anime, like the Blu-ray of a season or so. And then that came with a digital copy or quote-unquote digital copy that they could stream from the Funimation app but with Crunchyroll shutting down the streaming service they stated in this FAQ or whatever uh, Crunchyroll does not currently support Funimation digital copies which means that access to previously available digital copies will not be supported. So I have a question about this and I completely understand the frustration because the idea is that you own this digital copy but now you won't own it. And truthfully, I haven't looked into this very much, so let me know like if there's already a solution to this. But would the would the solution be for anyone who has a, a Funimation account that's being merged to download their digital copy and just have it in like on their their you know, their drive or wherever they're gonna store it? So that's what I'm not so clear about is how this digital copy works because, in respect to the streaming service. Yeah, because if it's a digital copy that you own, but it only lives on the Funimation servers and you can never download a copy of it, how is that any different than streaming? I think it's mm-hmm. like it's literally no different than streaming besides saying, oh, you own this copy. But actually you don't because now we're going to get rid of it. <laughs> so again, I'm, I'm, not in, like, I'm not saying that the frustration isn't justified. I, I think that is really shady. Um, that they're doing that because they're kind of going back on their word um, unless they had a stipulation somewhere that said like at some point we have you know we could change this um, and it won't be available to you but I guess how was it ever really theirs to own quote unquote unless they had the option to download it permanently onto their computers yeah so I I read more into the IGN article Um, there's a paragraph that says there are some caveats to this that point to issues with Funimation's original system more than Crunchyroll's absorption of the company. Absorption? That's a word. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Funimation is primarily a streaming website that doesn't allow users to purchase individual anime series. Digital copies were a promotion made available through the purchasing of physical DVD or Blu-ray discs. 
meaning a digital copy on Funimation, was only available to those who already owned that anime on disc. So that's what I had mentioned earlier. Users could not purchase digital versions of anime directly from Funimation the same way Prime Video, for example, offers both streaming and digital purchases as separate products. Okay. So does that clear up? Um, kind of. Your... So I guess, I mean, in this case, the the users aren't losing money, but they're losing the value, right? Like the value mm. of having purchased a physical copy through Funimation in order to get the free digital copy. Right. Like at the end of the day, if you if you bought the physical copy for the same price from another company that didn't offer a digital copy free, you're still paying the same price, but the value is now different. Yeah. So they they chose to purchase it with Funimation probably because, you know, part of the factor, the part of what's factoring into that is the value of a, a free digital copy. And now they don't have that anymore. So I could see if Funimation was like, we're going to stop offering the digital copy. Like it's not going to be available anymore, but you can download it and keep it before mm-hmm. we, we complete the, the merger. But yeah. it doesn't sound like that's necessarily the case. Yeah. This one, I guess is a more unique case, but then it, it still kind of brings up the issue of like digital rights and and physical media, how physical media is starting to wind down from being purchased at like brick and mortar stores or even online stores because a lot of companies now are just favoring like going with like a, a streaming option. I mean, from a business perspective, it's probably way more lucrative to not have to make and ship physical copies of of their media but from a consumer standpoint that sucks <laughs> yeah because it's essentially like there's a paywall like yeah you can you can stream this but do you actually have the rights to quote unquote own it um, and that also goes back to our earlier conversation about changing media like these companies changing media so part of the the perks of owning a physical copy is that you have an untouched, unedited copy. It mm. is the original, assuming it's the original or one of the originals, and there's no changing that. I think about, um, to kind of expand on that conversation, like didn't Star Wars change, or didn't like George Lucas change a huge part oh, yeah. of like, the Han Solo scene? <laughs> the controversial special editions of Star Wars where he thought he was enhancing the experience, but people were like, like you ruined the original movie that we all enjoyed yeah so now only the people who have physical copies or have a downloaded copy of the original version can enjoy what it was originally intended to be Mm -hmm. um spongebob yes they don't play the The panty Panty raid Raid episode episode anymore um which (laughs) we grew up on and we turned out just fine (laughs) Uh, another one is um toy story 2 i i think like the new streaming versions uh, you know how they had the blooper reels in the credits? They took out the one section with the prospector where he's talking to the Barbie dolls. Do you remember that? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think they edited that scene out on streaming versions because of, I think it was around the time when there was like the whole thing with Harvey Weinstein. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I guess if you want the original version of the film, it's if you bought the Blu-ray or DVD however many years before the, the film started streaming. Or, and I mean, I'm just being a realist here. Things like this, plus all of the streaming services increasing their prices ridiculously, people are going to start sailing the seven seas. Yeah, that was the other thing I was going to mention is 
you could argue like, okay, well, Funimation's shutting down. All of the users, I presume, from Funimation are just going to roll into Crunchyroll. So you can still hopefully access the anime that you had digital copies of on Crunchyroll's service. But then Crunchyroll plans are going to increase in 2025 from, I think I don't know which uh, tier this is, but $54.95 a year to $99.99 a year. Wait, okay, so the $99.99 a year plan, isn't that the mega fan? Um, because we have that plan. Okay. And I understood it as it's not Crunchyroll increasing the price of their current tiers. It's that Funimation now needs to match Crunchyroll's prices. So, like, if you mm. were, like, let's call Mega Fan Tier 2, right? And then, like, Fan is Tier 1. If you're Tier 2 in Funimation paying fifty four ninety nine, getting the same benefits as Tier 2 on Crunchyroll, you still get those benefits, but now you have to pay the, the Crunchyroll price because you're now okay. on Crunchyroll. Is my understanding of it. I could be totally wrong on that, but when I was, that I, I read up on a little bit because I was like, oh, shit, are we going to have to pay more now for our Mega Fan plan? Um, but, no, they, I think it's just they're matching the Funimation situation to what Crunchyroll mm. already has existing. Okay. But I, that's hope I'm not, I mean, that sucks for Funimation <laughs> yeah. um, fans, but also I hope I'm not wrong on the Crunchyroll end because I don't want to pay more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, regardless, that's still a shock to people who originally signed up with Funimation and now they're, they're footed with this bill. Because I'm sure like fun, the, the appeal of Funimation was like the affordability of that price to have access to all these titles. But yeah, I think... We're going to enter a new, <laughs> a new golden age of piracy <laughs> with all these sorts of things happening with streaming services, especially now that you have tiers for streaming services where you have the, the, the tier with ads, and then you have to pay a little more or a lot more for the ad-free version, which is just stupid because streaming was originally a way to avoid having to run into ads. So it's like, it's almost like things are going backwards now. In more positive anime news, though, and this is a rarity, I have some news regarding Attack on Titan, which I didn't think like we would ever talk about Attack on Titan proper uh, on this podcast. But yeah, we have some updates from our personal lives about this because my brother-in-law has started watching Attack on Titan for the first time. Our brother-in-law. Our brother-in-law. <laughs> that meme, our. <laughs> yeah. uh, which I think he had picked it up before, but fell off after three episodes or so. And that like disappointed the shit out of us because stuff happens in, what was it, like episode six, seven, eight, one of those episodes. Um, we're not going to say what it is here, but... AOT fans, if you know, you know. And if he had only reached that point, I'm sure the ball would start rolling for him and really getting invested in AOT. But he's finally bit the bullet and and started the series. He has started it with the dubbed version because I think he says, like, oh, it's easier to, like, prepare a meal and then eat while watching that's one of the best arguments i've ever seen about why someone chooses uh the dub over the sub is like because i like to eat and watch at the same time mm -hmm. and i'm like that's fair because it is so hard to eat when you're trying to read subtitles <laughs> yeah although i think he has considered 
the sub at some point, whether he'll just switch between them, but I think that'll be like too much of a, a shock to his system. But like, regardless, I'm just happy. We're just happy that he's watching AOT and he's sort of live reacting to it whenever he has a chance to watch it. So he has a text group chat with me and you and it's just it's so satisfying getting to see another person become a fan of, like in this case of attack on titan but i guess more generally just a fan of, of of one of our favorite anime series and just appreciating it it's kind of like you live vicariously through them and get to almost experience the show all over again for the first time but there have been many times where I've had to bite my tongue and not spoil like a major plot line for him. And I've, I've asked him about his theories with certain characters, with certain plot lines, and I haven't said anything about it. I'll just say, okay, okay. But like, I'll say like some of his theories, they're, they're almost spot on. And I hope he's not listening to this podcast right now. And wondering, like, oh, which theories was was I correct on? But, yeah, it's just been a really rewarding experience. And just it just gives me so much dopamine knowing that someone else is getting to enjoy AOT. Yeah, I'm glad that he gave it a second chance. Um, once you get to that, that particular episode, that's, that's the hook. It's kind of like JoJo. Once you make it to part two, um, ten episodes in, that, that's the hook. That's when you're, you're in it. You're in it to win it. <laughs> And I actually recorded him. So he came over one day and he was on season two, episode five. That was the last episode he had watched. And some shit happens in season two, episode six, that kind of changed the course of the show. And it's like a really mind-blowing revelation. And so I told him, like, if you just happen to make it to episode six and we're we're around to watch it with you I, i'd love to to watch it and see your reaction and so we pulled up that episode on tv and i was secretly recording his reaction <laughs> and it was just great it was like the same exact reaction that we had when we watched season two episode six and i sent him a clip of that and i said like oh this will this is a moment that will be remembered forever in the history of the walls <laughs> but you know i uh, for privacy purposes I, we can't share that clip um with our listeners but i did find something similar on tiktok there's a tiktok user um i think her name is alex and it's a series where she's recording her friend who's watching aot for the first time getting her reactions and her theories and even just watching that, it's it puts a smile on my face. Again, knowing that someone out there will learn to appreciate the show as much as we do. So I'll share a link to the first part of that series for anyone who wants to partake. And, you know, especially for the OT fans who are sad that the show is over, maybe this will give you a, a little glimmer of happiness. Last piece of news I'll share with AOT is... I think they had a, a a convention specifically for Attack on Titan in Japan called Attack Fest, and they had the voice actors on there doing signings or or, or having like um, press conferences and such. But one thing that came out of it was a new song from the final season composer Kota Yamamoto, 
and it's called Ark of the Ashes. So I, we can share a link to the song for that in our Discord. What's interesting about this song is that it takes melodies from key themes in the final season, specifically Ashes on the Fire, and I think it's called Footsteps of Doom, which... Footsteps uh, of Doom, huh? Yes, <laughs> which happens at a key point um, in the final season, final season part two. But there are it's it's in the style of like you know those songs from cowboy bebop like that have the male vocals in them that that have that sort of like 90s rock feel to them yeah that's what this song feels like it reminds me a lot of like creed that band creed their sort of feel (laughs) but i i just kind of like that nostalgic tone to this song and the interesting thing about the lyrics for this is that it's a vo- it's male vocals singing these melodies and it explains why ashes on the fire is called ashes on the fire that's f- very meta <laughs> yeah so again for aot fans who just want a a new piece of attack on titan media to consume this one's for you now it's time for my naruto update so um, for anyone who has missed my initial Naruto updates that have happened sporadically um, in past uh, strictly anime episodes, I'll, I'll do a quick recap to get everyone caught up because this will be my official channel, my official you know place to, to give these updates. So um, I watched Naruto when I was a kid, just like everyone else from my generation. I couldn't get into it. I even tried reading it in Shonen Jump, couldn't get into it. Um, so I was like, I hate Naruto. <laughs> uh, I eventually, um, now that I'm in my 30s, was like, maybe I should give another try. It's had some pretty uh, intense staying power. You know, we're, we're how many years removed from that generation or when we were that young? And here we are still still talking about Naruto. It's still, uh, it's still considered a, a classic. So why don't I give it a shot? I, I'm trying to be more open-minded about um, the anime that I'm consuming. So I finally started it um, from the beginning. I am watching it subbed because I have zero connection to the dub. Um, We've shared on the podcast before that we only really watch the dub um, for anime if we have a special connection to it, like the Cowboy Bebop one or Inuyasha. Usually it's if we originally watched that show in the dub. But for Naruto, I I can't recall the dub at all. So I was like, I'll go sub. Um, I'll listen to it um, uh, just because I, I enjoy sub more. It's really good. Um, the sub is, is great. And honestly, I am pleasantly surprised by Naruto. I have been enjoying Uh-oh. it. As reluctant as I am to admit Courtney's that. Courtney's defected to the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will give Naruto fans credit. There is um, there's something about the humor in Naruto that is really good that hits. And it I think it's aged well because, again, I'm in my 30s and I still find a lot of the jokes and stuff to be pretty funny. I would say that's kind of a product of that generation of shows, right? Because Naruto came out, what, 2000s or so? Uh, actually, that's a good question. Let me just pull it up really fast Because I'm just here. thinking, like, we love... 2002. Yeah. Because, like, we, we loved SpongeBob growing up and the, the shows on Cartoon Network, like Powerpuff Girls, Dexter's Lab. And I think they just have that right, I'll call it millennial humor... Yeah. ...that we just, we vibed with. And so... Well, it sounds like that's the same case for you watching Naruto. 
Yeah, and yeah, I, I like I'm enjoying it. I did not think that I would enjoy it as much as I am. I'm not saying I'm obsessed with it yet because I am only 36 episodes in. So you I don't, don't want like... the uh, headbands yet? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm enjoying it. Um, Sorry, you were at how many episodes of? 36 episodes. Okay. So um, yeah, I just I I've I've been enjoying it, and I uh, no surprise Sasuke is already my favorite character because he's the male son today. And one of the things that I've mentioned, too, is that I like that the story is moving along at a good pace. I know there will be a shitload of fillers coming up at a certain point, um, and I plan to watch all the filler at two times speed. I, I'm looking at a filler guide. People had recommended go ahead and skip the filler. I'm still going to watch it just so I can get the full effect of what Naruto is trying to to offer um but i'm gonna watch it at two times speed uh because i just don't have the time to sit through filler but yeah I, I appreciate that the story wastes no time getting right into the heart of things and building the 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 world building the foundation and i know that there's recently been a really like a reanimated release i was tempted to watch that but again similar to the filler situation i want to experience naruto as everyone originally experienced it because i i'm part of that generation and i may not have watched it back then but i want to get the vibe so i want to understand what what makes everyone love naruto so much doing it for the culture yeah (laughs) (laughs) so i have a very limited understanding of naruto um it's just that what he he wants to become is it hokage or, or something which I think, is you think what, so, yeah. <laughs> like what, head ninja or top ninja? Or Basically, yeah. <laughs> okay. He wants to be president ninja. <laughs> he wants to be the very best like no one ever was. Okay. So how many episodes are there total in Naruto? It's 220 and then Shippuden is 500. So Lord have mercy, I'm going to mm. be on the screen for a while. <laughs> how many arcs have you, I guess, gone through so far? Uh, I guess two major arcs. The, oh my God, what? The... You guys know I'm terrible with names. Was it Zazu, Zabu, Zabu, I wouldn't Everyone's going to be screaming at me. Hang on. Let me look this up. I was like screaming at their... Zabuza. Like... <laughs> the Zabuza arc and then the um Chunin exam arc. So I am in the Chunin exam arc and I have I have some things to say about that. So first off, I recognize this OP. I think it's the second OP for Naruto. Um Haruka Kanata. Uh only because our friends in Khan fam would scream it while drunkenly singing it. And I didn't ever realize that it's from Naruto. So as soon as it started playing, I'm like, oh, I know that fucking song. <laughs> Are you going to add it to the anime playlist? I mean, it's not my cup of tea, but it's also not a bad song. Like, it's kind of growing on me. And the visuals for the OP are not that bad either. Like, they're they're pretty... They, they match the song really well. So I don't mind watching it, but I, I really only watch it like a handful of times and I skip it the rest of the time because I, I, there's, there's a lot of episodes I got to watch. Second, um, I'm like enjoying this arc like decently, um, but I, I just like cannot get over like two things. So first off, um, when, okay, I don't know if this is like big spoilers or not for Naruto. So if you haven't watched Naruto, probably should just skip I mean, this I whole haven't. section. <laughs> yeah. It's so I'll just deal with it. I'll probably forget <laughs> it anyways. Yeah. So I, I'm confused. Can someone please explain how Sasuke was able to battle against this 
Orochimaru guy who seems like some big bad villain, like a, like the big baddie or one of the big baddies, right? Like he seems like a very formidable foe and Sasuke was able to battle against him and hold his own. But like two days prior to that, he got his ass absolutely whooped by Rock Lee. I don't understand the power scaling here. How is Rock Lee stronger of an opponent than this Orochimaru guy? I, I don't understand. So someone needs to reach out, let me know what's going on there because I'm very confused. Second to that, um, or the other thing that I'm like... Third? Third. Is that third? No, because I said there's two, wait, there's two things I have... Quite, what did I say? I don't oh. know what I said. <laughs> anyway, the, the last like main comment I have about this arc is around Sakura. So I've seen the memes that Sakura is useless, she's stupid or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I'm sure it's just like a certain part of the show. Holy shit, this entire time, 36 episodes in, she's really stupid. Like really stupid sometimes. Like how did she get fooled twice in a row by two fake Naruto's during this uh, this exam arc? And I'm like, thank God Sasuke was there because this dumb bitch would probably get her ass whooped. Because she falls for all this fake shit. And then what really got me um, and why I, I, I'm starting to understand why people say that she's useless. 30 episodes in and she has done absolutely nothing to help. All she does is freak out and call Sasuke's name. And then when you get to the part where Sasuke and Naruto are knocked out, she's like hiding them somewhere in the forest and says, I have to protect them. And then literally the next time she's on screen after saying, I have to protect them, she's asleep until morning. And I'm like, what the fuck? You guys could have gotten ambushed right then and there. And, and you would have done nothing to to stop it. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm understanding the memes. I just hope her character gets better. Like, I hope the memes are just about like certain points in the story where she's dumb, but maybe at some point she has a redemption arc or like finally starts being useful. But I don't, I don't know what to expect there. So no one, no one answer that. No one tell me because I don't want to get spoiled about that. But um, the other question I have about Rockley versus Orochimaru, someone can go ahead and tell me that. Rockley's the guy. I just looked him up with the bowl cut. Yeah, the, the bowl big, cut and the big eyebrows. Me character eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, now I know. I know about Rockley versus just seeing his picture everywhere. But that's all I really have right now about um, Naruto. As I make my way through it, I will share more updates. I have taken a bit of a pause um, from from the show only to catch up on some of the seasonals. But I do plan to dive back into Naruto pretty soon here. So I'll have more to talk about in our next Strictly Chatting episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed us just kind of chatting about random stuff, mostly anime, some not. Um, let us know. If, if you guys do really like this type of format, let us know because that helps us to to figure out like, do we want to keep doing this? How often do we want to do this? And if you have any suggestions on what we could chat about, we are always open to that. Even if it's not anime related, we could talk about food. We could talk about water. We could talk about atmosphere <laughs> all of that stuff but yeah this was a this was an interesting episode but it fun discussions all around thank you guys as always for tuning in to the podcast hope you're enjoying us chatting about random stuff but as always don't forget you can get your own tokyo treat box packed with exclusive japanese snacks by following the link in the description and using code strictly anime for five dollars off your first box subscribe to strictly anime on your favorite podcast service join our discord to chat with us follow us on instagram at the strictly series on twitter at strictly series and check out our website thestrictlyseries.com 
If you'd like to support us like our newest patron, Cameron H., then head over to patreon.com slash the Strictly Series. Be sure to check out our other podcast, Strictly JoJo. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, stay weeb. Welcome, everyone, to Strictly Anime, a podcast for anime reviews and discussions. My name is Courtney. And I am Carl. <laughs> drinking water. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> this is episode 179, and we're... Wait, can we do that again? Okay. <laughs>